Chubs McGoats. We are recording. Lord, keep this concrete. Sorry, I was I uh, I got lost in the uh, mid '80s of that. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast. Hello. So uh, we started recording at around nine central. Um, that died really quickly. Um, so we're starting over. Um, we have the series wheel, not the series wheel. Jesus, the good movie wheel decided. Hey, never ending story. Uh, so, we watched that. Um, we're going to talk about Venom, because that was the thing that came out, and I really want to talk about it, because I really don't know what to think about it, and Alex is going to tell me why I'm wrong. Um, Wait, well, we'll get to it. And then Zach has news, so he's probably going to go news quickly time. right through it, and then uh, we'll get started. Over to Zach so, with the news. Zach, how are we doing? So, some stuff happened this week, boys. Uh, yeah. Specifically... Uh, one thing happened today. Uh, Aladdin trailer came out. I watched uh, that. It doesn't show Genie. Doesn't show anything. That's okay. Uh, the other big uh, trailer news is we got the Glass two, the Glass trailer too, and I'm super pumped for it. All my worries about that movie are gone. Uh, I think uh, that trilogy is going to go down as one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Okay. Yeah, the trailer reveals a lot. Um. And if you're on the fence about the film, I'd say watch the trailer. Hopefully it should shift your mind left or right. I, it shows that a lot of stuff happens. Um, I think if you don't want to be spoiled and you're already excited for it, don't watch it. But I am excited for it now after seeing it a little bit more, having an idea that it's going to be a little bit more. Uh, it seems like a lot of stuff is going to happen. It seems like it's going to be fast-paced. Um, so I'm stoked. I, I agree with Zach. If, if he nails the landing on this, Shaman's going to have a solid trailer uh, a solid trilogy that's going to go down as one of the best now 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 i have not seen unbreakable or split so when yes. you guys say greatest trilogy one of the greatest trilogies of all time yes. excuse my skepticism sure like yeah um, please i can see i can see why you would say that at the end of the day though i would uh I would say, yeah, um, Unbreakable is a very small, simple little movie that um, packs a punch towards the end. Split is really entertaining and really great. Um, it's it's how these movies rolled out. It's how they sort of come to be that has made it really interesting. Um, well, and if they're and if he sticks the landing, then I think he's going to have a solid trilogy on his hand. I and, and Chris, I think this is a trilogy. You being a huge comic book nerd and loving everything, this is a trilogy I think you would love. Where functionally, the first movie is the traditional hero's journey. The second movie is the rise of the villain. 
And then the third movie is... I don't even know how to describe the third movie. It just looks okay. weird. It's great. <laughs> we're going to stop whatever series we're watching. Possibly. Possibly. So we can satisfy Zach's happiness. And it's review Unbreakable I want to be able to talk Split about Glass uh, when glass. it comes out, for sure. I, I mean... I mean, Chris, this isn't just to satisfy no, my happiness. Zach, Zach. <laughs> okay, guys, listen. Alex, yes, you're excited. You're nowhere near as excited as I've heard Zach being excited for this. This is like a real... Not even this... close. I'm just saying... This is like me at Star Wars time. It's rapidly approaching Chris, that. Chris, let, let me be clear with you. If this movie sticks the landing, it will be the best movie of 2019. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without, <laughs> I, I think that's I, I think that's giving a little bit too much, but at the same time, I'm, I'm excited. I told you, he was more excited than you. Okay, Zach, go on with the news. So, in conclusion to the issue that happened about a month, what three months ago? Yeah, James Gunn's got a new job, and it's with a competitor, and it's in a franchise that I think he'll do fantastic in. Rabbit James ears, Gunn competitor. Rabbit ears. Two, right? Suicide Squad. <laughs> James Gunn's gonna write Suicide Squad. At least, as At far as now. At least, right. At least, right. Possibly direct as well. Uh, I, I think, uh, I hope he directs it because he usually has a tone with his scripts that are really hard to capture. Belko experiment is kind of a, a strong point to that. But at the end of the day, um. This is this is a world that I think he'll have a lot of fun in, and I think he can make work. Uh, I'm. He takes yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy outside of just being in space, which is why he would be good for um, Green Lantern. It's a space movie. He's done space very well, but one of the things that makes Guardians work is that these are all characters that are kind of like villains a little bit bad in their own way. They weren't all great. They weren't all good people, but once they became a family together, they worked. And I think he can do that in Suicide Squad for sure. And lastly, the last announcement of that is that some market news came in for boys and girls who are interested in the stock things. Disney's acquisition of 20 Fox is officially scheduled to book on January 1st, 2019. Disney the Monopoly taking over. I mean, they're they're assembling the Infinity Gauntlet. Let's be honest. Rabbit ear competitors, rabbit ears. That's why I put the rabbit ears on competitors. Sure. Uh, like I said, I, I mean, Disney's assembling what was it, the Infinity. Forty percent of the box office. Forty. Uh, yeah, and sixty percent of Hulu. <laughs> Son of <laughs> biscuiting bulldog. Something like that. Yeah, this I mean, is, Disney's... This is insane that this is happening. You know who it's Disney just owns just hitting now? me now. As of January, you know what other franchises Disney's gonna s- slowly own now, too? Simpsons, Family Guy, um... X-Men... Alien, Predator... Alien. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> Terminator... <laughs> Terminator. I They're gonna have some very gruesome films under their under oh. their uh, creative belt. Yeah. 
I think that they're uh, gonna they have own, to own up to. I they're think gonna they own have the to own up to them. If I remember correctly, uh, they own. I think. I, I think they now own Mad Max too. No, Warner Brothers has Mad Max. Really? Yeah. Oh, I lied. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I, mean, I would be so mad if they if they got Mad Max. I'm like, no, you can't I touch mean, that. We're probably not gonna get a Fury Road sequel in a long time. No. If if if, if that, and it won't be a George Miller's Fury Road. That's oh, for sure. They own Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. They're gonna own everything. It's everything, yeah. man. It, yeah. It's not I mean, even Disney, just box office. They're just gonna own all the franchises. <laughs> Disney is going to have about 80% of all the box office successes. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, Monopoly. I wouldn't say Monopoly, but they're definitely assembling the... No, Monopoly. Monopoly. I, I mean, Chris, do you know what Come the on. definition of Monopoly is? It's the board game. What are you talking about? Besides that. Uh, <laughs> 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 you, you know what a what a uh, what a, what a company. Hold on, I'm laughing. Is. I'm laughing. Hang on. I'm, I'm I think a lot of people use that word very lightly when I don't think they understand what the word actually means. <laughs> okay, so I did Google it. Okay. The exclusive possession or control of the supply or trade in a commodity or service. Yes. I don't think Disney Monopoly. I don't think Disney has a monopoly in the film industry. <laughs> not even close. Not even. No, 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 no. You there. can't say you can't they're say they're there. not close. You they're can't say they're there. not close. I'm tell you this. Forty percent. Forty. That's not a. That's not a monopoly. Well, you're a fat monopoly. How about that? You ever think about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought about that. Let's just be clear here, Chris. If Disney attempts to acquire any other big companies, let's just say the government will probably step in at that point. <laughs> no, no. I'm not holding. I think, I think the government kind of let them listen. have. I think the government kind of let them have Fox because there was no harm in it. But I think anything further than this, they're going to start getting into questions of Disney's monopolizing. Industry. Well, it's monopolized. Just go on with the news. That's all the news, but that right. I think there, there's a very not, Chris. This is actually a Chris. No. You're studying the film industry. This is actually a real thing to talk about because there is literal bylaws in the film industry that prevent the monopolization of studios on certain points of the market. Like if that's the case. Disney, this this merger should never have happened. Disney, Disney owns very, way too much now. Disney is very close to breaking that. They're not going to challenge it further. <laughs> They better not. If they start going after like Warner Brothers or Sony, I don't think they're the, not going to well, go Sony after Warner could, Brothers anytime soon. But Sony, the, I'm worried about. I think Sony's their next target if they do, because they already have a a friendly agreement with them in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But I I think Disney's going to play it quiet for Man, a few they years. own way too much. Now I think they're going to play. It. They own everything. I think they're gonna play it very quiet for the next few years. I don't. I can't. No, they better be silent for the next generation or two. I don't think it's. They better not go after anybody else. I think they're gonna start to acquire smaller subsidiaries. Like, I think the big one that they're 
Hold on. I actually want to double check something because they might have already done it. Um, okay. So I would say they're lucky that they didn't snipe the Pokemon franchise because that actually makes more money than they do. Uh, it makes $85 billion a year on franchise rights, and that's a huge market. <laughs> Uh, it's more than Mickey Mouse trans and Transformers, and that's huge. Um, so we're lucky that you know Warner Brothers and their their you know specifically their their subsidiary of Legendary Pictures grabbed that because I think that's a big deal. <laughs> anyway, uh, anywho, agree to um, disagree. They own too much. Sure. Agree to disagree. I, I think. It's gonna boil down to like two or two or three companies that are gonna own like large swaths nope, of the they're industry. Done. They're it's... done. They're done for the next generation. Sure. Done. You, you know what, Zach? We just watched a movie about living in a fantasy world. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me live that. All right. <laughs> I want to live in a world where. Screw it. Uh, Venom. Um, Chris, Chris, Chris. Listen, no, no, we're done. We're going to Venom. 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 Just, just know that. Okay, know what? Then I'm going to leave you in the swamp of sadness. You're the horse. I've always been a horse's ass. Stuck in the swamp. And dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Finally, somebody agrees with my personal outlook. All right. Um, <laughs> somebody finally sees me for who I am. Thank you, Zach. You're welcome. All right. Um, you guys are crazy. That's fine. <laughs> Before we move on from the subject, Alex, your thoughts <laughs> on Venom? No, on the uh, Disney Monopoly. Oh. Uh, um. Yeah, it just keeps going. I mean, I'm sure that some studios are not going to act are are not going to need to join. I think some studios will probably be fine. I think Warner Brothers is fine. Sony makes sense to me because they've lost a lot of money lately and are kind of uh, floundering a little bit. Um, I think they want to they want to make stuff that has their own name on it. That's why they so that's why they have the rights with spider-man um as opposed to giving them all uh to disney i think they want to i i think they want to bring their brand back and they don't know how to do it yet um so until then uh i don't see disney going for anything else right away i mean the main reason that they were going for all these companies is so that they could build the marvel universe yeah and they and i think they're going to successfully do that but at the end of the day uh, it is scary because of the things we've seen with James Gunn and uh, a few other people. It is scary what they feel like they can do um, and what they can tell people to do. Their their sense of control and methods um, aren't always the best. Uh, so uh, I, it, it's just happening for me. In my mind, it's just happening. I still like uh, small movies. It's, it's certainly going to make smaller movies harder to make money. But uh, I, I, they're still going to come out. I'm still 
going to keep watching smaller movies and supporting them the best I can. And if I like the, whatever Disney or Marvel or whatever their product is putting out, I'll give it money. But uh, it's not a guarantee just because Disney or Marvel's name is on it. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to talk about Venom. So. I saw Venom. And yep. I, didn't yes, know, did. I didn't know how to feel about it. It yeah. swayed both ways with me, and I can't sort through this mess. So, Alex is going to tell me why I should think it's good, and Zach is going to tell me why I think it should be good. I mean, I don't necessarily know that, if I'd say that, but... I, I'm not really going to sit here and tell you why, though, that you should think it's good, because honestly, I don't really know... I don't know what you took away from it, really. You, and I you will get keep into saying that. that you don't know... Well, I want you to go first, because at the very okay. least, I've already said my piece at least once to you. So I want to hear where you're coming from at least once. I still haven't heard that. Okay. Like, what what are the things non- you have a problem with? What are the things that you find are good or bad? What are the things that you are on the fence about? I don't know that yet. Okay. I've had time to think about this. Um, Should I do a spoiler warning, or should I talk non-spoilers first? Talk. Spoiler warning, I don't care. Like Spoiler Um Yeah. Right out of the gate, movie has two opening scenes. Yes. I didn't like that. It's two different films. I mean probably. That's just my personal problem with it. I don't know if it's two different films, but it certainly does have two openings. I'll say that, yeah. I didn't like the two openings. Just felt like it was setting up two different movies. Anyway, the one that we actually got and the one that... Whatever. Um, I did like Tom Hardy's performance. Everyone likes Tom Hardy. The man's a mad... He's genuinely a madman. Especially with the whole fancy restaurant scene when he first gets Venom. And he's jumping at the freaking lobster tank. <laughs> I like the banter between Venom and Eddie. Yes. I sp- like, the part where I thought they nailed it was he gets into the uh, his old boss's office and he's like, he leaves a note and he tells him to jump out the window. He's like, jump. Eddie goes to the elevator. Pussy. Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I... You know, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I genuinely think Tom Hardy is the quintessential Eddie Brock, and I think that, like, he does a great Venom. I think that is one of the highlights of this movie, is that that personal relationship between this man and this alien. Carlton Drake. They, they, certainly, they certainly set it up in the movie as to why they have a connection, certainly by the end of it, but... Uh, I don't know if he's the quintessential Eddie Brock. I've never really... I don't know much about the character, Venom or Eddie. But well, I do... I mean, I, mean, I do like the three-dimensional character that Tom Hardy brings to the table. I mean, your options are Tom Hardy or Topher Grace. I think like Tom Hardy is much better. Uh, <laughs> cinematically, yeah, cinematically, yes. But at the same time, Venom is a character that's been around since the 90s. Uh, Eddie Brock is a character in the comics that's been around since the 90s. Like, I'm... Robert Downey Jr. may be Tony Stark to us now, but it was also based off of that character in the comics. It's still a lot of what 
Tony Stark was came from the comics. Um, so I, I don't really know what a quintessential Eddie Brock would be, but I do know that what Tom Hardy does is bring an actual human being to the screen. A three-dimensional character with uh, ticks and things that we don't necessarily understand because he's a person and he's not telling us everything. Uh, yeah. So he's certainly, he's certainly brought somebody to the table that I find incredibly interesting. This Eddie Brock is someone that I would follow through more than one movie for sure. Carlton Drake played by the pilot sucks. Subpar Marvel villain. I mean, it's not really a Marvel villain. It's more of a... Excuse me? This movie was made in cooperation with Marvel. It is a Marvel property. It is a subpar Marvel movie. movie. You don't know that. Yeah. We know it's part of its own universe. Is it... It it is still a Marvel. Will it be? It it is still a Marvel character, and it still uh, stands as a, a Marvel product. Um, but it is a subpar movie for sure. Like there are better Marvel movies uh, in the cinematic or the MCU, and there's certainly um, a lot of people have been saying that it's it's sort of reminiscent of the post um, Spider Man or po- post Spider Man pre Iron Man. But to me, it's like it, it does. It is very reminiscent of Iron Man a lot of that era. Um, certainly of the structure and the narrative. Um, reminds me a lot of Iron Man. It's very simple. It's very character-driven. You don't get a lot of plot because you're spending most of the time with the character. Okay. I had a hard time following the action at some points. Um, so I didn't yeah, think I would they agree. did a necessarily Most of it job. is set at night and your character... Most of it is set at night and the main character is dressed in black uh, a lot. So a lot of it is hard to follow. It doesn't. It's not really a good idea. Uh, what else is I gonna say? Um, she Venom was um, odd and just wow, um, just out of nowhere. Um, Michelle Williams deserves better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, both the female characters um, have really... Oh, yeah, there was Jenny Slate, too. Oh, for for God's sake. I love Jenny Slate. Um, Both of those characters have really poor arcs, really sort of dated arcs. They aren't really given a lot. I like Michelle Williams' performance, but I don't necessarily think that her character is given her due. Um... Yeah, there's a lot of characters in this that don't get their due. I, yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily sitting here saying that you should like the movie. I think you have very good reasons not to like the movie, but I think there are. I don't think it's as criminally bad as it could be. Um, I think it's comprehensive. I think it. Um, it's For sure, not yeah. So it's... stupid that you're so stupid. And it's not boring. I don't think it's a boring movie. It, it, it my my point is is I, whether it's a good movie or a bad movie is not necessarily the case. I think it's bad for the 
reasons a bad movie exists, but it's also good for reasons that it was never intentionally supposed to do in the first place. Um, I think the things that are good about it are they didn't really aim to do necessarily. They just sort of happened. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's really, is it good or bad? Is it entertaining? Um, do I enjoy watching it? And uh, yeah, I think I'll come back to this a couple more times when it's on TV because I like Tom Hardy. Like I like that character. I like his performance. He's mo- he is the he's the most entertaining entertaining thing about the movie. But he's also in the movie a lot. It's centered around him, um, so that helps. There is an R-rated cut in a Probably. vault somewhere that they were going to pull well, the trigger on. And that was jarring not to see. Yeah. Knowing the character and they should have went with it. could have been, yes, I wish they had gone darker. That being said, I did kind of enjoy Venom beating the piss out of people because I'm just like that. I like watching Captain America beat people with a defensive object. It's great. So, yeah. I enjoyed that. The fact that he eats people... It- okay, I enjoy but him beating people more often than he eats people in this movie, I'm okay with that because I'm watching him beat the piss out of people. It's great. Yeah. Wasn't always, didn't always look the best, but... Oh, that's bad, though. Um... I think you have sensible reasons... I think you have sensible reasons not to really like it. Um, and if you weren't entertained, you just weren't entertained. But uh, if someone walked away from this and told me that they had a good time, I wouldn't be surprised. And no. I wouldn't say that they were, that that was disingenuous at all, that their feelings are sort of masking something else. Uh, I think it's possible to enjoy this movie and have a good time, regardless of it not really being. Uh, constructed really too well. I guess in the end, I'm a, I'm all right with it. I mean, the entertaining parts were entertaining, and the bad parts were bad. And I'm okay with. I'm yeah, a- I'm probably gonna lean towards that. Just. Do you? It's making money in the box office. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, Woody Harrelson. I'll is see co- the oh yeah, sequel. Woody Harrelson is freaking Carnage. <laughs> that Wait, afro. Car- yeah, he's Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> that afro. I'm sorry. Although the afro looks really stupid, I did like him in a prisoner. It reminded me a lot of uh, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Yep. Um, is there anything else that I'm not touching upon? Um, hmm. They did go all out for it. Yeah. They went for it. They didn't get the cut they wanted. Surely. Um, but uh, I hope New Mutants uh, learns its lesson, or learns this lesson here. If you have the ability to go rated R and the R rated cut is much better, go with the R rated cut. Yeah, I mean, we're not really sure what this R-rated Venom cut would look like or what it would be like. We're not sure, quality-wise, what's going on with it. 
So. It would I guess probably that's be that. weirder. What? It would probably be weirder. Yeah, I would tell people to see it when it's on TV. Um, maybe rent it if you really want to, but at the same time, I you don't need to see it in the theater. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's a uh, I think that's all I got on Venom. Yeah, I mean Tom, Tom Hardy's the main reason to go see it. If you like Tom Hardy, see it. Yeah. All right. So, good movie. We all decided. Hey, watch Neverending Story. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you had never you had never seen it, right? I'd never seen it before. And you enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. There were editing issues that were glaring, but. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done past the, like, once the editing issue started going away around halfway in the movie, I started to, like, okay, this is, like, this is really good. I'm all in. And, uh, but that was a weird payoff. That was a weird, weirdly executed ending. I would have probably executed it a little differently. If it's any indication to you, the movie literally... Like, it literally is half the story, and they chopped it in half, and they're going to finish it in the second movie. <laughs> We're not watching the second movie. I know. Is it like a Speed 2 yeah, situation? Second movie, second movie is good. No, it's okay. like literally the first and second movie should be one movie, and it's not. All right. Um... Yeah, there's things that they... There's things that they set up in this movie that don't really get a conclusion until the second one, like his swimming, his relationship with his father. Um, yeah, the wishes. There's a lot of things they come back with that start to uh, become more well-rounded and make more sense. But still, this is still a very good movie. Yeah, and it sucks because the second one's really bad. <laughs> Not great. It's really bad. So just uh, add that to the bad movie. I'm kidding. Um, no, like it's bad because it like smacks in the face everything that's like reasonably good about this movie. Well, I would say everything that's reasonably good about this movie is its look and its vibe and its style. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. It's it's brilliantly shot. Uh, great use of miniatures of of. Matte paintings of, of sound stages, of scale. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, Background effects are not It seems sort of aimless when you really think about it. But it, it just looks amazing. Um, and then there's the other, and then there's the second movie, which is, has none of what's great about the first movie. <laughs> All right. Well. Yeah. You guys ready to get into this? Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. The NeverEnding Story, directed by Wolfgang Peterson, released July 20th, 1984 in the States, starring several people who had never been in my kitchen. Who played it? Who was in this movie, guys? 
Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, Tammy Starnark, a bunch of people. Not who, really anybody that went anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like... Patricia Hayes did television stuff. Woke Peterson is a German director, and outside of casting mostly uh, American people for the human roles, a lot of the side roles are just uh, German actors that he ended up dubbing later. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, I don't see why that's funny. The guy who went off and like actually had a career out of this was like Noah Hathaway. And he didn't really have much of a career. He did Battlestar Galactic a little bit before before this, and then he like did like Sushi Girl and like Wildfire and Family Ties. That was he like a, he did a lot of TV and then he retired in ninety five. Uh, and then he opened a tattoo shop. That he yeah. was with his wife, and to this yeah. day. Uh, and then he went back uh, around 2013, 16, and he's been in a lot of horror movies since then, but mostly he just runs a tattoo shop. Yeah, he seems like a cool dude. Um, okay. I mean, I don't know, like... There's, like, nobody of relevance in this movie. God darn it. And yet, I've seen so many, like... I, like, the person with, like, the most relevance in this movie is Gerald McRaney. And that's only because, after being in this movie, he went on to do, like, the A-Team in 2010 and Jay Edgar. That was, like, really it. (laughs) And he did a bunch of... And then he did, like, Jag and Deadwood and Jericho and, like, 24. And that's, like, it. <laughs> Again, in this movie... Yeah, everyone in it didn't really go to do anything, but, like, everyone in it is still good. Yeah. Yeah. I... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's done anything relevant, really. Okay, I get it. None of these guys went really anywhere big. Maybe they're successful, but just not in terms not of scale. They just haven't done anything. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Movie starts with 80s title song and credits with Weird Clouds. Gotcha. Um, Bastion... Wakes up uh, from bed. Struggles to open a jar of jam, so Dad helps Dad helps him out. Um, Bastion says he had a dream about his uh, mom, and Dad essentially says, get over it. As if he's been grieving for, like, a year, when it looks like he's been grieving for, like, a month. Yeah, we don't get a timetable, really. No, we don't. Um, they talk about uh, how he's behind in school. And um, then he says, well, keep on your feet. Or keep your feet on the ground. Which doesn't... Keep your head out of the clouds and your feet on the ground. Oh, that's what he said. Okay, he's out of context. Keep your feet on the ground is... Well, what? Um, So he's walking to school. Bullies come. I wrote in my notes, it's Jumanji all over again, except before Jumanji. 
which really got my brain going, and I'll mention that in a minute. Um, so he runs. They chase him into an alley. They catch him and throw him into a dumpster. He's filthy now. Remember this dumpster. Um, he gets out, but they're waiting around the corner, so he runs again, but manages to hide in a small bookstore where the old guy doesn't like... Uh, well, the old, the old guy uh, working in it doesn't like kids. So he dismisses him, thinks he's just another kid who reads comic books and all that. Some dweeb, uneducated slob. Um, then Bastion begins to tell him that about uh, all the books he's read, like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Treasure Island, and blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. Um, he's in, the bookstore owner is impressed by the kid's knowledge of lit- literature. Um, so they briefly discussed, um, that's the wrong mouse. Um, so they briefly, oh, jeez, that went, uh, scrolled too far. Come on, laptop. So they briefly discuss, um, a little bit of self-defense when, uh, Bastion asks about the book he's reading. Dude talks about how the books the, uh, that Bastion mentioned is... Are uh, safe, rabbit ear. Safe, like mm-hmm. you were never, you were never, um, you were never this guy. You were never that that guy. Cause, yeah, because they're just stories, and the, the kid is very interested. And in, Jesus, I wrote, I wrote it, is his name. I never caught his name before in the notes until a certain point. So I kept calling him the kid, and I keep reading the kid. Um, so Bastion is uh, interested before the phone rings. Tells Bastion to forget about it. The the this book is not for you. So the dude goes to answer the phone, but Bastion looks at the book as it's called the Neverending Story. If this were Cinema Sins, we'd be saying roll credits. Roll credits. Roll credits. Ding. Um. He takes the book and bolts, but not before leaving a note saying he will return the book. Spoiler alert: He never Ooh. does. Um. So, douche move. Dun, dun, dun. So, he gets to school with the book in his jacket, peeps in on his ma- on his class as the math test is going. So, he just runs up to the attic and uh, opens the book and starts reading. I then get hit in the face with creatures. Like, mm-hmm. bam! Again, wrong Right mouse. off the bat. Right off the bat. As soon as he opens the book. So, everything just happened at once at this point, and I wrote down in my notes, I'm not sure how to describe what I just saw. Okay. So, what happened, as after I gathered my thoughts for a second, an enormous rock monster that looks like the poo monster from Conker's Bad for a Day joins a big bat, a big snail, a gremlin, and a mad hatter at a campfire. Um, it ate a limestone rock about twice my size. Probably yes. three. So the rock monster talks about his home and how it disappeared. And uh, how just nothing. It's like, well, is it is the lake dried up? It's like, no, a dried up lake would have been something. It's just nothing. Um, so they say it's happening uh, everywhere, so they decide they're going to go to Ivory Tower. They're going to go to Ivory Tower. So they take off. Hey, and, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Which I'm like, wait a minute. I read the synop- I read the brief synopsis about the uh, yeah the brief synopsis of this movie, and this is not starting the way I thought it would. Um, 
So Mad Hatter gets on the snail and it just it just runs and just speeds away. That's not what I was expecting. I was expecting it to actually go at the pace of a snail. <laughs> and it was actually going to carry it. Um, but it's a racing snail, you see. So. So they take off as the nothing comes and wipes out the camp off screen. Because that's Don't smart. Because uh, nothing destroyed the camp. Oh yeah, there, there was the there was the goblin and his uh his bat, his sleeping bat. Yeah, none of these characters come back in this movie because they are meant to be carried on in the second half of the story. So it's very weird they are how we started, but also they they are meant to introduce us to a Treyu, basically. Which is weird. They're meant to introduce us. Yeah, it's it's weird. So we go to Ivory Tower. All kinds of people are there. An advocate for the Empress yep. comes out to address the situation. The Empress is, um, he puts it bluntly, the Empress is dying. So they're all screwed unless a great warrior uh, named Atreyu does his thing. He did a thing. So a kid steps up. And everyone immediately dismisses him in the face of an apocalyptic event. They're literally laughing at him as the world is ending around them. Um, so he threatens to leave, he's like, alright, you guys don't want me, I'll leave. So he's like, oh, okay, 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 come back, come back, come back. Yes. So he tells Atreyu that he must embark on a quest to find a cure for the Empress and save Fantasia. I thought we were watching the, uh, the Disney movie. Um, but the rules are he can't take his weapons with him, or any of his stuff, except the medallion made of the twin serpents, similar looking... To the logo on the cover of the book, so Bastion, we're pulled out of the world, and Bastion looks at the cover like, hmm, interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So Atreyu leaves the tower by horseback. The wolf from Thor Ragnarok also begins its quest. So uh, you see where I'm going here with this. Yes. Uh, all right. You're comparing it to Ragnarok? No, I made the Jumanji. I made a Jumanji reference, and then I made a Ragnarok reference. Then I don't see where you're going. Okay. Yeah. It'll become clear. So Atreyu and his horse uh, stops to eat, and so does Bastion. Um, but he only eats a bite out of the sandwich and so, and uh, just keeps going because quote they have a long way to go. So more traveling, a uh, lot of love uh, fantasy scenery. Um, so then the wolf is not far behind, and I noted that the transitions were not very good, in my opinion. Okay. It's just like cut, 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 cut. Okay. Um. I mean, what do you want? Wipes like Star Wars? Come on. Nah, fades. Um, you could cut during a traveling montage. It's just traveling montage and then it ending fade into actual storyline. Um, so they come across a swamp like in Fury Road 3 um, in, search of the, in search of the Ancient One Morla so they can figure out what to do. 
So the horse is getting bogged down in the mud. Now it's sinking. And then all of a sudden, and after a long like struggle, the horse just stops and, quote, it succumbed to the sadness of the swamp. So the swamp ate the horse. Yes, the horse died in the swamp of sadness. Yep. Both Atreyu and Bastion are crying, so they both keep going. Bastion keeps reading. Atreyu keeps walking. Yes. Atreyu reaches his destination, begins to call for Morla. Uh, he was standing on her shell the whole time. She's the massive turtle from the last Airbender series. Four. Um... Bastion yells, and it's heard from the, it's heard from the world of the book. And he's like, "Did they just hear me? Wait, why did he yell?" The the i I guess the idea is that the turtle being so giant and weird looking in the description of the book probably freaks him out. Oh, I guess I must have missed that. I think his yell is pretty weird, considering that it, it's more his. He yells more like somebody like poked him in the back of the foot, or like he got bit by something, rather yeah. than him being scared by something he read. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Um. So I wrote him. I was writing. I was worried. I was writing my uh, my thoughts as the movie was going. So, at first I thought, wait a minute, is Morla mimicking Bastion? And then, I, and then later on, I'm like, no, okay, thank, and I'm like, thank God. Um, so, Atreyu is like asking, like, okay, how do I, how do I fix the world? And Morla's like, Morla go, just goes all French on him, like, nothing matters. No, it doesn't. I don't care. Let the world burn. Smokes a cigarette. Um, yeah. She actually smokes That's a cigarette. an interesting take. So I wrote in my notes, Morla doesn't give a damn, like, at all. Yeah. She, she's really down and actually doesn't know how to save the Empress. Tells the traitor to seek the Southern Oracle 10,000 miles away. The traitor is disappointed, saddened. Um... So then, as soon as we find this out, the school bell rings. Because he's in the attic of his school. Uh, Bastion. So Bastion checks to make sure everyone's left, then goes back to the attic when the storm brews outside and the lights go out. He... So he bolts for the... No, wait, what did I miss? Hmm. Oh, yeah, because the storm's brewing outside. He bolts... Um, for the door... But slowly comes back as he says, quote, Atreyu wouldn't quit now. So lightning flashes, makes all the animal ornaments scarier. A wolf head gets in his face and he yells again. We then cut to we then come back to Atreyu uh, as he's crawling through the mud, carrying himself at this point. So the wolf is gaining on him. He's about to join the horse when the sky opens, and out comes the dragon to pull him out of the mud and sear him from the wolf, taking oh. him to the sky. Bastion is relieved. Giant wolf dog. Falcor. 
Yeah, if yeah, everybody yeah. loves Falcor, I don't want anybody to say a thing about the Pete's Dragon remake. Seriously, Dude, I just don't think enough. I just don't think enough people watched it. I watched it. I thought it was neat. Yeah, it was I, a... I heard it was very good. Yeah, I heard it was really good. So Atreu yeah. uh, then wakes up to next to the dragon, all clean. Gets up to leave before the dragon notices. Falcor is its name, and it's a luck dragon, not to be confused with the love dragon, because that's exactly what I thought he said. Because the audio isn't that good. Uh. Um. Which would have been very, uh, weird. Uh, he brought a tree all the way to the Southern Oracle. Okay, not quite. A bickering mini-couple of a mad scientist and a witch he brought him to. Mm. They talk about they talk about the Oracle, even observe the first uh, gate as someone is obliterated by the observant statue. Because they opened its eyes and just blasted him into charred mess. Um. Yep. So Treyu, seeing this, is like, well, screw it, I'm going to go give it a whirl. Um, so he walks up to where the last guy made it, loses his nerve at the charred remains. Um, very tense scene, and he runs through it just before he's blasted. Yeah. So he's past, the, he's past the second, he's past the first gate, but now he has to go through the second gate. The mirror gate where he must face this true self. So, randomly, he's in a blizzard. Okay. Um, uh, walks up to a reflection of uh, ice, I think. Kind of like Ray in The Last Jedi. Five. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do you see where I'm going? Kinda. No. No. Okay. You just keep saying numbers after what you're referencing. So, and that are you saying that so many out, movies pulled from this movie? Are you saying that a lot of movies were inspired by Neverending Story? Because that's what it sounds like you're saying. It's a conspiracy theory, man. You really have so many references like, I got? I, the you're point is, God. this was made in 1984. All these movies you're talking about happened later, so it sounds like they were made by people who were inspired by Neverending Story. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's an inspir- It's a movie that you haven't seen that's very popular. It it has a bunch of sequels. A lot of people know what this movie is. Like it was. It's a big deal, man. Like a lot I didn't of people realize how it's big. a beautiful movie. Yeah. yeah, it's it's inspired a lot of people. In fact, pr- like when I was watching it this time, I was thinking how much Princess Bride was inspired by this movie. Like, th- there's a lot of other movies who just kind of basically ripped from this movie. Yeah. So, comes to the mirror gate where he, uh... So he's in a blizzard. Um... Walks up to the reflection, and that reflection turns out to be Bastion. In the moment. So Bastion throws the book. (laughs) He's like, this is going way too far. Um... Turns away, but ends up picking it back up, saying, quote, What if they really do know about me and Fantasia? <laughs> so he picks the book back up. Atreya walks through the reflection and uh, continues. This is where I decided, okay, this movie's, this movie's, like, playing with some serious stuff, and I like it. Yeah. So third gate... 
Statues are now glowing blue and now they're talking. They are both the Oracle. They say that all the Empress needs is a new name. Not from Fantasia, but from a human child beyond the boundaries of the world. But now the uh, the statues uh, start to fall apart and Atreya runs calling for Falcor. We then get more traveling shots of landscapes. They were nice. They went all out for this movie. Mm-hmm. It was the most expensive movie in Germany up to that point. This was German-made? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Germans are crazy. Um, Dude, you don't even know, man. So, Bastion wonders why they don't ask him. Says his mother had a beautiful name. And then he just keeps reading. So, Atreo and Falcor reach the Sea of Possibilities... But then nothing is there. Um, Atreyu falls off Falcor in this into uh, the storm below, the window. Mm-hmm. But then we're kicked out of that. We're back in where Bastion uh, is. The window in the attic bu- flies open because of the storm. Um, so he goes up to close that, and uh, then he keeps reading. So Atreyu washes up on shore with a creepy-looking establishment with no medallion. The medallion's gone. The Empress's medallion is gone. Okay. Um. So he's calling for Falcor, and uh, Fal- we also get shots of Falcor looking for him. Uh, no avail. They don't find each other. So Treyu then stumbles upon uh, one of the rock monsters from earlier. Nope, it is the one from earlier. Dun, dun, dun! His friends are gone, taken by the nothing, so they're dead. Dang. Um, so the rock monster is just going to sit there and die by the nothing off screen. So yeah, it's sad. That is sad because he couldn't yeah. save because he couldn't save his friends. Um. So Betrayer reaches the uh, abandoned place uh, where he finds murals of his adventures of his adventure and the wolf. He congratulates Atreyu for mm-hmm. being. Uh, for the honor of being his last victim. He doesn't know he's Atreyu yet. Um, so Atreyu says he won't he won't go easily because he's a warrior. Wolf mocks him for failing and breaks the third wall by explaining that Fantasia is a product of human fantasy. The nothing was spawned from the death of the, of the hopes and dreams of mankind, and the more people give up, the stronger the nothing becomes. Gamork is the wolf's name, and he mm-hmm. is the servant of the nothing and was sent to kill the only person who could stop him, that being Atreyu. So once Atreyu gives it up, Gamork lunges for him, but falls on a sharp rock that Atreyu retrieved just seconds before. And there was a lot of blood. Dun dun dun. So, uh, back to Falcor. He dives in the water and grabs the medallion that Atreyu Mm -hmm. dropped. Okay. Um, Then finds Atreyu and grabs him before the nothing wiped him out. Because he was hanging onto a tree at that point. So now they're flying through space and debris from Fantasia. So it's basically Alderaan at this point. Except they did it to themselves. Um, Atreyu prays... Not, not uh, really. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The, the, people, the people reading the books aren't responding to him. So it's kind of like a Death Star of Abandonment. 
it the the nothing is an embodiment of human beings' desire to no longer care about the story and books and dreams. Like their audience was leaving. That's why Fantasia was dying. Everyone in Fantasia wanted to stop it, and they just didn't know how. So Atreyu prays with the medallion that the ivory tower is still there. So of course it is. It's just a it's just floating on a rock. Yep. Um. So Atreyu walks in the door, and uh, to meet the Empress, apologizes for failing. She insists. She insists that he did not fail. He brought the human child. So then I just did I did something clever here. Wait, she knew about the child? Yes, she did. She knew all along what it took to save her. Impossible. He didn't actually bring the human child to her. Yes, he did. Then what was the point of going through all that? It was prepped to this very moment. Quote, he is close, listening to every word we say. Yep. So the tower's starting to rumble and uh, fall apart. So Atreyu asks where, where he is if he's so close, this human child. Uh, she says he doesn't yet realize his part of the never-ending story. Roll credits again. Um, it's all coming apart now. Um, she says it, he's had the name all along. It just needs to speak it. Bastion doesn't understand how he could be the one and how any of this is real. So Atreyu then goes down. Did he get hit in the head with a rock? I'm not sure how he went down. Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. Is it clear? Uh, I'm watching it now, and it looks like he just kind of stops being in the frame because the Empress, the, she kind of just looks at the frame and speaks directly to Bastion for a while while the actual uh, ivory tower disintegrates. So uh, Empress breaks the third wall and the fourth wall. It's weird. Um, no, third wall. Um, addressing Bastion directly by name into the camera. Um... They both do. Uh, he can't speak the name because it's his mother's name and he has to keep his feet on the ground like Dad said. But at seemingly the last moment, he caves in, climbs up to the window as it breaks open and screams the name into the storm. Everything goes black. Did anybody catch the name? Did you Now, did you hear the name, Chris? I did, did not. Did you tell it when he said it? No. They, they try to make it ambiguous as best they can, but he screams the name Moonchild. Yeah. Okay. There's some dead air here, guys. Come on. Um, I'm... I... You're trying to process the name Moonchild? Yeah. Was that the original name they were going to go for, but they changed it, so they made it ambiguous no, ambigu- ambigu- no, in post? It's from the book. It's, it's, yeah. This was a book, and they that's from the book. Oh, this was an adaptation? Yes. That yes. I never knew. I never. That was never made clear to me. Interesting. That's what Zach meant by this is half of a story, that there's another half, that the sequel is the second half of the book. Yeah. Now, does the second half of the book actually suck, or is that just the movie's fault? No, it's just literally the movie's no, it's fault. Just a bad movie. What? It's the second one's just a bad movie. Okay. Yeah. So Bastion comes face to face with the Empress in a black void. 
Um, she gives him a grain of sand, the last of Fantasia. Uh, Bastion believes the efforts were in vain, but the Empress says no. Fantasia lives in him now. Um, the Empress says that as long yeah. as he wishes, Fantasia will live again. Yep. So what's his first wish? He uh, wishes to ride Falco all over Fantasia, um, seeing the rock monster and his friends, Atreyu on his horse, and demolishing the third wall by riding Falcor through the city where Bastion lives and scaring the crap out of his bullies to the point where they hide in the dumpster they threw him at the start. Yep. They fly yep. away with narrator saying that Bastion had many more adventures in Fantasia before coming back to the ordinary world, but that was a story for another time. Roll credits. Dun, dun, dun. B! Never had a story. Yeah. The never-ending story. Did we just finish did you that grade it? B. E yes, B, for sure. Yeah, I'd agree. It's a B. I'm really nailing these grades, guys. I'm really happy. You're getting better at it. The world needs this movie. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Yeah, agreed. This is a good movie. I would not complain if they. I would not. I would not be mad if they said they were going to remake this, but they're probably. They're. Probably. They've already tried. It didn't work. <laughs> not with the right. Kathleen time. Kennedy was going to make it, and she was like, "Nope, can't do it. Too complicated." I'm sure one day somebody will. Probably. Too complicated. Get out of here. Go Too home. complicated for Disney. Too complicated for. Di yeah. Not going to happen. Did they own the rights to this? Yep. Oh. Officially. Well, that's disappointing. It's uh, a monopoly. Somebody, somebody will make it. They own the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, this was a really good movie. I was really uh, touched by it. It was really good. I really liked it. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. I think it's uh, it still holds up look-wise. And uh, I think its themes are subtle uh, and not too in-your-face that they yeah, work. You it was... You're supposed to, Kathleen Kennedy you're supposed to literally said... Zach! Are you serious? Yes. Are you serious? What? Alex what? is in the middle of his review. I'm so confused. Sorry. Alex, go on. Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 think, uh, I think it still holds up. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it's uh, yeah. I I think I I think it holds up visually more than anything else. Uh, I think it has some stuff to say that it's just kind of like vague about, but that's because there's more story that they don't tell. But visually, this is an amazing movie. Like it holds up beautifully. So, yeah. You make it to New Zach. Well, I was just gonna say. Kathleen Kennedy said in 2012 that just an adaptation was just, it's just not meant to be. That's that. That's wrong. She's wrong. I mean, she can be wrong. She runs a Star Wars franchise right now. No, so. she's wrong. <laughs> I mean, Straight maybe. up. She's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I guess. 
I don't care if she owns, if she's running a multi-billion dollar operation. She's wrong on this subject. I sure. don't care. She's sure. wrong. Sure. <laughs> she's running. She's made more. But Chris, let's just say Kathleen Kennedy has helped make more good movies than you will ever make in your career. I know. <laughs> she's wrong. She she has at least fifty plus good movies. It doesn't her. matter. She's wrong on the okay. subject. He can be wrong all she wants. She'll still be right. <laughs> I'm not going to live in that world, Zach. I'm not going to be a kiss-ass. All right? She's wrong. Yeah, I mean... Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Great at Zach. Oh, you already did. Never mind. Um, yeah, say something about it. It's sweet. It's a good movie. It's a classic. You should watch it. It's influenced almost every single modern-day action, adventure, fantasy, or sci-fi movie in some way. Seriously, watch it. Seriously, watch I know it. Who's li- I know who's listening to this. Watch it. It's who's wa- If you haven't it already, no. Um, not just me. <laughs> um, yeah. Time to spin the good wheel for the last Sweet. time. Until What are we going to replace this with? That's true. I, I was trying to think about this earlier this morning. I mean, I... <laughs> I have a suggestion, just because, again, I, I always like giving suggestions of personal stories and all that, and it's that time of year, and I kind of hope that, I think we need a little bit of a fun movie on here. That we don't need fun. a, hol- listen, if we're going to do, if you're going to do something seasonal, don't bet on it. I mean, that's fine. It's still a fun movie to watch. But we're not going to watch it on time. I don't care. It's all a right. fun movie. All right. Go. Hocus right. Pocus. Let's watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Alex, your selection. Um, I am not sure. Um, Chris, do you have anything to start with? Well, I think for a second. I had a suggestion earlier this morning. I'm trying to remember it. Oh yeah, I said. Okay, how about this? First taken. I've met, I tried this last week, but you guys want to clueless. Um, I I don't have a problem with the first taken. I guess I'm not voted. You're not. Well, we usually we usually flip a coin, but. Oh sure, yeah. Well, let's flip a coin. I'll flip a coin for you guys. I I submitted I submitted for clueless because. You guys really wanted it, so... Dude, we really need more female-driven movies here. Like... Well, if we got the Kung Fu Panda wheel, if we got the Kung Fu Panda on the series wheel, we'd do I, that. I think that Midler leading Hocus Pocus is, like, one of those kinds of, like, female-driven movies that are fun. Alright. Heads? Uh, I, I have no preference to either one, but I do agree with the fact that, that the female performances in Hocus Pocus are great. Yeah. It's actually, in my opinion, my favorite Sarah Jessica Parker film, and I don't like Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's really, really annoying, but she's great in Hocus Pocus. I, I have a preference for L.A. Story myself. Also, Doug Jones is in it, and I have a million Doug Jones stories, so, like, that's okay. <laughs> Heads, Hocus Pocus, yeah. Tails, okay. First Taken. Okay. It is Tails. 
Alright. Let me pull the wheel back up. Come here, you. Nice. Fun. Oh, wait, what? Hang on. Okay. List <laughs> as of now. Yes. Looper. Yes. Clueless. Yes. The Incredibles. The first yes. one. Yes. Surf's Up. Yes. Treasure Planet. Yes. Fingers crossed, man. Tin Tin. For Treasure Planet? Yeah. Tin Tin. Yeah. Hardcore Henry. Okay. <laughs> the more every time I read it, the more ridiculous the more ridiculous I think that choice is. Um <coughs> Heat. Okay. The way of the gun. Okay. Kiss kiss bang bang. Yes. Pulp fiction. Yep. Big Lebowski. I love Big Lebowski. Labyrinth. Yes. Which was a recommendation out of a uh, Nightmare Story. I love Labyrinth too, man. <laughs> like... And uh, Dogma. Yeah, Dogma is a lot of fun. <laughs> Zach, are you ready? I'm as ready as ready can be. Alex, are you ready? My butt's clenching. That sounds dirty. I'm not even looking. I can't even see it in the reflection. Oh! He Was recently he? came out with a really good action film. Way of the Gun is our next movie. Okay. Oh, wow. Exciting. Well, all right. Um, nice. I'll put this out here, Chris. Um, it's not a perfect movie. It's pacing. It has some pacing issues, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, I haven't seen it in a bit, and I, I've always loved it. Um, it's got a gr- it's got a really abrasive opening, but it's got a great ending. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The way of the gun. The way of the gun. 120 minutes. Doesn't sound too bad. Nope. Is that? Oh, it's Benicio del Toro. Yeah, forty-eight percent. It's split. Ryan Philippe. Yeah, Ryan Philippe. Flippy. Ryan Philippe. Con Julian Lewis, Tay Diggs. It's good. It's yeah. The usual suspects: this wickedly offbeat mix of crime, comedy, gunplay. Convinced they'll score big money fast by kidnapping a young surrogate mother, carrying the child of a wealthy southwestern couple. The two smaller caliber crooks soon run into major problems. Realizing too late that they're in over their heads, the kidnappers fight to keep their plan from unraveling (laughs) amid a rising time of bloodshed. It's it's basically the kind of movie that. It's basically the kind of movie that would not exist without. Tarantino or especially Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> huh. 
so they're gonna they kidnap that just that just sounds that just sounds outrageous like like it in a weird way surrogate mother it's crazy. a it's a crazy movie that just looks crazy just by reading that it looks sounds crazy yeah hour and 12 minutes guys yeah when I first started this podcast, yeah, well, we this did was, burn some time. Yeah, we did burn some time beforehand, so yeah. it was nice to kind of barrel through it. Yes, I, uh, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I'm still like waiting for specifically for us to hit like Treasure Planet, so I can do a 30 minute lecture about Treasure Planet. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. and yeah. the story behind that that sequel and where what ended up happening to that poor movie. Because Disney, Disney basically like killed that movie because they did not want it to succeed at all. Then why greenlight it? Stop it in the first place. Because literally their best director said, if you don't let us make it, we're walking. Because <laughs> we really want to really make it. John Musker literally said, we will not work for you if you do not let us make this movie. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah. And these are the guys who would later, after Treasure Planet, give us Moana, which is probably one of the best new Disney movies of all time. I a lot really of people want, like it. I really want to watch yeah. Treasure Planet. Dude, it's... It's, it's a, a hidden gem. It's really... It's it really is a hidden gem. Between, a, between Lion King and whatever... They made their 2D animation. They're of all the there, 2D animated movies they made. Rogers and John Musker's filmography. The Great Mouse Detective, one of the greatest movies of all time. Okay. Little Mermaid. Right. One of the greatest classics. Movies of all time. Aladdin, one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Yep, classic. Yeah, they had a run for sure. Hercules, one of the greatest animated movies of all time. And yet they decided to screw it. Treasure Planet. One of the greatest anime movies of all time. Okay, now you're stretching. Eh. Now you're stretching. The Princess and the Frog. One of the better animated movies of its time. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm it's checking. I'm going to check. I'm going to check your filmography here. It's Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Plant, Princess and the Frog, and Moana. That's it. Hold on a second. That's what John Musker and Ron Clements did. Overview, here we go. Okay, here we go, hang on. I'm just, I'm, 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 uh, fact-checking real quick. Can fact-check me all the Okay, long. never mind. Okay, I thought it was somebody else. Am I, am I right? No, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm just okay. saying, out of all the 2D animated films that came out over the, at the turn of the new century, um, between... Tarzan, Atlantis Lost Empire, Treasure Planet, and there was one more. I guess those are the three. Think, those are the big three I that came out. And it's the best of the three of them. Treasure Planet of, is best of the three. I like Atlantis Lost Empire a lot. Tarzan is lost on me. I haven't seen that movie in God knows how long. Treasure Planet came out around the same time that, like... And it was nominated for an Oscar! Yeah, it, it came out around the and same time. And it lost time. to Shrek. It lost to Shrek. That's a pretty big I'm lose. okay with that. I'm okay yeah. with that, because Shrek is great. 
it came out around the same time as the Emperor's New Group, Road to El Dorado, and Brother Bear. But that's to give you an aggravation of where animation was at the time. Like, Road to El Dorado. Road to El Dorado is, like, the other big, like, cult classic anime movie that, like, everybody loves outside Treasure Planet. And I think Road to El Dorado is one of my favorite movies. Man, I hope we spin the wheel. Just, I just, I just want to, I just want, I just want, I just, I just want to talk about it. About Treasure Planet. It's one of those movies I would, yeah, I would kill to remake, even if they oh. don't want it. I mean, I will give it to you them. It will be great. Treasure Planet, in and of itself, is literally a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. Right? <laughs> Fine by me. So is Magnificent <laughs> Seven. I don't care. Treasure Planet's been remade every generation since its inception. I don't like, care. It, I don't care. It is one of the most overdone stories of all time. I don't <laughs> care. Because Treasure no, Planet fine. in and of itself is great. It's a good dream. My dream got crushed in high school, so. <laughs> I'm still holding out hope. Because. You know, you know what my dream to remake was when I was a hopeful child like you? What? Make Ender's Game. I know. Yeah, that was hard. It hurt me. I didn't mind and Ender's Game. I actually didn't mind it. It was really, really bad. Well, I'm sure it was. They spoiled the book. They spoiled the end of the movie <laughs> in the trailer. Oh, I'm sure they did. Wait a minute. Also, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Jim Hawkins, and that just makes my day. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That is awesome. And Emma Thompson. Forgot she was in the movie. Brian Murray. Anyway, we got Way of the Gun. Ryan Philippe, Benicio Del Toro. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be fun. It sounds crazy. It's interesting. It's it's two hours. It's probably going to be a... If the pacing is anything that Alex has indicated, it's probably going to be a slog. But... Who cares? We're doing it. The wheel it's set up and down. It's up and down. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're done. Um, oh, I didn't realize Peter Cullen was in that movie. Um, There's a planet. Yeah. So we're done. So where the gun next time. Say goodbye, guys. Bye.